Listeners, 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 if you made it this far, it is episode 10 of season three of the Campbell's Gambles podcast. And yeah, if you made it this far, you, you would know that I'm joined by a brainiac in Blake. BB, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Listeners, if you've made it this far, you've finally got to the uh, to the best part. The best part of the season. It's finally here. The Flemington Carnival starts on Saturday, Derby Day. And we got the Golden Eagle as well in Sydney. So big, big one coming up. I guess the big debate of everything is, is this Derby Day, Derby Day, or is it Golden Eagle Day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I what think for the title, for the title, I have Golden Eagle Day currently, even though it probably should be the Derby Day. Yeah, I see. I, I'm, I'm the one, one of those that leans in the favor of history. Um, like we've had what three Golden Eagles now, and it's a big race. Don't get me wrong, but Derby Day historically is, I think most punters, especially from Melbourne, will tell you it is the best day of racing of the year hands down uh and i still agree with that um you know being a being a, a punting uh someone who's entertained by punt uh, by racing you know regardless of where the races are you got to enjoy them and so i'm not you know i'm not going to sit here and say this is better than that or whatever i'm happy to have both i'm happy to have the golden eagle and i'm happy to have the derby this <laughs> you know if one if one wasn't there it'd just be half as good so correct on that note, good races. Let's head back to last week where we were blessed to see some absolutely phenomenal performances from some really nice horses. And we'll start off with the Cox Plate since it was the main attraction of the entire weekend. Animo made it four wins, his preparation, four straight. Safe to say, best horse in Australia now and and possibly one of the best 2,000-meter um, horses in the world at weight for age level. How did you find that race, Blake? Yeah, it was a, it was a spectacle, wasn't it? It was good to see. Him. It was good to see him get get that uh the revenge from last year. And um, shout out to Better that that promotion. Uh, I, I read up on how much they paid out, and it was yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> Let's just say that. So anyone that had that promotion and and got that two hundred for free, that's uh good. Well done to you. Has it actually arrived yet? Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Jesus. I got a mate that was waiting for like big money, five figures. Poor bloke hadn't been paid. Apparently, got lost in transit. I won't name it who it is, but I think he knows who he is. And I think if you know me, I think you might know who it is too. Actually, <laughs> but um, anyway, it's been lost in transit. I don't know how you lose. God knows what it was. Ten or fifteen big ones in transit, but um, yeah, better's been a bit of a joke so far from all reports. I haven't made an account, but uh, I think I think. Mm. I'm just waiting for Blake to give me a message and say, hey, mate, I'm banned. I'll give you $500 for your account. I'm like, okay, sweet. All yours, mate. Uh, yeah, give, me, give me another week, I reckon. Max. <laughs> Make that free 500 bucks here. You can have the account. Blake will probably turn $100, $100 into 1000 eventually on a Saturday. 
Um, mm. Yeah, I'm Thunderstruck huge in that race. want to make mention of him. I wasn't really, I haven't been really too fond of him this preparation, but phenomenal run and I wouldn't say arguably wins the race if he's a pair or two close or draws better, but mm. um, yeah, huge run. I'm Thunderstruck and the international El Badigon probably just didn't jump as cleanly and settled a bit further back than what I personally would have liked and that probably cost him the race in the end, but he was also really good to the line. All right, uh, let's get in now to the invitation, which was Nessa's <laughs> invitation. And Blake, you can take that away. Oh well, nothing really needs to be said apart from the fact that the the best the best mayor won it, fair and square. Yeah. <laughs> Promise of success. How good? How good is she? Very good, clearly. So that's uh two million dollars in the kitty for promise of success. Um what would you spend two million dollars with? Apparently Powerball's on tonight, 160 million or something. Um I'd buy a few grand. Yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably pump two million into the Powerball, try and turn yeah. it, try and try and turn it into 160. Yeah. That sounds like a reasonable investment. <laughs> yeah. I might buy a fast horse, might offer two million for um that chinny chinny boom in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Brace Sikolsky. But you could you could buy the entire uh the entire field of race one at Eagle Farm on on Saturday. Have you seen that field? Oh, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> doing. They're just doing that for avoiding money. By the looks of it, you get like huge oh. bonuses like for a starter. That's disgusting. That's actually bad for the industry. That's uh, that. Well, I'm not too sure. I can't comment on their ability because I haven't watched the trials or whatnot. But that just looks like a, a typical case of overbreeding. And now there's going to be bloody horses needing to get retired. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> so be it. Um, Bella Nipatina, huge in the Manicato. Huge. Mm. Uh, money came for her and um, money didn't come for Pulele. And that's pretty much how the result ended up, didn't it? Yeah, correct. Correct. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, it just, the whole the whole race just sort of got screwed around, didn't it? With with the cancellation on Friday night. And, you know, it was, it was lucky in the end that they ended up running it at all. But... Yeah, Bella Nipatina. Wow, what a what a way to uh to break to end the drought. Uh, what they, that's what they said on on the day. But wow, we having never won a Group One and tried so many times to do it, and now winning like that. Goodness. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, whether that was the case of the opposition she was up against, or she's actually possibly gone to a new level, which mm. wouldn't be necessarily surprising. She's always been around the money against some absolute animals so um anyway we've got a big show ahead um but before we do that flashing light runners last week you've got two that you want to quickly mention yeah i've got two i've got two noted down here um both from the valley and I've, there's another one at the valley that i didn't note down that i will mention uh optum went around in race one uh i believe it was a debutante and i really liked its it's sort of action and the, and the way that it raced there so i won't say too much more on that but that's one you can throw in the black book i think uh, going forward, that that horse will will furnish into into a decent filly, two and three year old filly. Um, then the other horse that I've noted down is Roots. Later on in the card, uh, yes. pretty pretty badly unlucky. Um, two from two this prep, and yeah, I mean, nothing really went went right for her. Um, and I don't think you should lose any respect for her if you if you backed her there. Um, the third one that I didn't note down was the international horse that ran uh, in race six, my Oberon. That was an enormous run, and and I think this horse is is pretty good. Um, not many horses are able to win over 
anything under 2000 meters when they arrive in Australia for the first time. Um, and, and he was able to do that. So I'd be interested to see where he goes now, but uh, I think he's a talented horse. Yes. Pocket talk from Roots there, possibly. Were you on Roots yourself? I was. I was a little bit disappointed with the ride. Yeah, I, I was on Roots, but I, like, I mean, plenty of plenty of my horses that I'm on don't win and run second and whatever. So I wouldn't call it pocket talk. I'm just like, I I, th I think it was a good run from her, and I think that you know, had she got a little bit more luck, she would have won the race. So, um, regardless of you know that that sort of stuff, she's going to run well again next time. So she's one that you can throw in the black book. I don't think she's going anywhere. Yes, it was funny because Craig, I was I was on Roots and I was on Belinda Katina and Craig pretty much had the same scenario with both those horses. He got found himself in the same spot and he made the wrong decision with Roots. He should have rode the rail straight away rather than try and search for an out. Did mm -hmm. that with Belinda Katina and the gap was there and then bang. So um, very unlucky there, Roots. So I agree with Blake, one that will probably win next time out in similar company. Uh, one for me, Randwick race five on Saturday. Bonnie Ezra returned for Chris Waller. Stay at that one over the 2,400 metres last preparation. Uh, Diamond won that race, sprinted away very nicely. Um, beating home Purple Sector, who was game in defeat. One of Blake's horses that ran very well at a good price. Um, yeah, Bonnie Ezra was really good in that race late. Really warmed up late in the piece. Ran the fastest last 200 metres out of the race in 12.24. I think it's one we can follow second up, up to 2,000 metres. Um, and might be a horse could, that could win a lower level Group 3 listed race in the summer. So, without further ado, Flemington. Drum roll. Three Group 1s that we have to cover. Track conditions, weather and bias. Weather's 19 degrees and raining. Really disappointing that the weather hasn't shown up for how good quality of racing that they're going to receive down there. Uh, rail is in the true position my script tells me to believe and it's currently a soft seven possibly gets into the heavy range with the rain around how do you see this track playing Blake or how do you hope to see the track play well I hope to see it play fairly I think anyone does especially on, on a big day like Derby Day but I think it typically does anyway Flemington's such a big track and you know obviously when the when the weather's playing up and whatever you can start to see small track patterns appear but i can't ever really recall seeing a massive massive bias one way or another at flemington um if they come if they need to start coming off the rail uh sort of like they have at caulfield and mooney valley recently then they'll all be doing that so it doesn't really affect the back markers or the leaders more than uh more than one another so i think it'll play relatively fairly anyway do you agree yeah i think with the rain the track a little bit of giving the track it always tends to uh, not chop out, but the inside, they sort of come off a little bit, which is what you want to see, to be honest. Like, that's what I like to see. I don't like seeing when the rails hop because you, I guess from a betting perspective, it, people say it makes it easier, but it also makes it harder because if your horse misses the kick or you've done your tips 48 hours beforehand or if mm. the job is trying, you know, ride a horse outside its comfort zone, there's a lot of things that can go wrong there. So now in, in agreement with Blake, hope, hoping for a fair track and expecting a fair track. Race six, first race recovery in group one, Cormore Stud Stakes over the 1,200 metres for the three-year-olds. Probably my favourite race of the entire um, spring carnival, probably because I've had good good success in it, to be fair. <laughs> I wouldn't like it if I was losing every year in the bloody race, but we've had some really good horses come out of this race. Uh, Merchant Navy came out of this race, Exceedance, Beat Home, Bivouac, Routini <laughs> one year. Yeah, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, 
who was the year before that September run was also a winner, mm-hmm. uh, which we both backed that day. We're really heavy on her. And uh, last year was Home Affairs, which I think we both also backed. I think mm-hmm. well, Artorius was Artorius ran second or third, and it was, it was a good day. That was a good race mm-hmm. too. But mm-hmm. um, very strange to see because this is normally a cult making race, but uh, the filly in secret is the dominant favorite in this market. Currently three dollars fifty with most outlets. Jackano, the three-year-old colt coming out of the Everest is 550, and then it drops off to to Kulin, Gatton, and Buno, Notches on the next line of betting. How do you see this race panning out, Blake, and give the punters your selection? Uh, well, before I give them my selection, I'm going to sort of explain the way I looked at the race and the way I look at straight track races at Flemington. Um, anyone that follows the racing and most punters that are listening should know that 1,000 to the 1,200 at Flemington's down the straight. Um, Oftentimes the horse that the horses that run well down the straight have experience running down the straight and horses who are inexperienced down the straight tend not to handle it. Um, and if they do, it sort of becomes a pattern where they, they tend to handle it every time, but um, it, it does throw quite a few horses off um, running down the straight for the first time. So that's a little bit of a hint to the way that I've looked at the race. Um, and there's a horse here that stands out to me, having had experience down the straight running second to giga kick and winning on protest beating spacewalk who uh who had good form coming to that race as well and that horse is bonus notches uh that giga kick form for me just jumps out of the page i know you know you can say whatever you want about about the race about the everest and you know whether or not giga kick should have won nature strip had to work hard whatever it is regardless of of your opinion on that giga kick runs well in the Everest, regardless he won the race. Um, and bonus notches basically went down a nostril to him over 1100 at Flemington. This is 1200. Um, and I, yeah, like I said, having the experience down the straight, uh, is, is ma- the main reason I've lent, lent the way of bonus notches. So he's, uh, on top for me, Jason. Couldn't agree with more with you. Could not agree any more with you. People penned in Giga Kick as the winner of this race as soon as he won the Everest. Funnily enough, he's gone to a better race. Uh, no surprises <laughs> there. However, even if he was in this race, despite him coming off an Everest, there is no way in hell I could possibly have him in front of Buno Notches or Bunos Notches, whatever. I love this horse. Really like this horse a lot. Thought he was excellent with Poseidon. Should have won by, should have literally won the race. I was on Spacewalk that day, and you were too. You were on Spacewalk that day mm, too. Yep. And if this horse, he's got the win next to his name, but if he actually, he didn't technically win, but mm. he technically did win, but he didn't literally win. <laughs> and if he literally got the space, he would have won by a stretch because he was bolting. Correct. Um, good decision to overturn it. And thankfully for me, I had a bloody protest payout, so I was, yay. Mm. Um, mm. But yes, wide gate, perfect. Knew it on board, perfect. You stuck with him the whole way. He can ride a big race when a froggy knew it. Um, and I love him, love him drawn where he is. Um, favorite in the race, nothing against in secret. And I'm going to later in the strategies, you'll see I'm going to have a Benny two bet. I'm, I can't not be on her considering she sprinted sharply in the golden rose at 1400 meters. Um, and she just got pretty much outstayed to some degree by Jack and who was brilliant. Um, I think 55 kilos, James McDonald on board. She sprints really sharply. She gives no suggestion why she won't handle the straight track. Um, and I think her getting her foot in the foot in the ground will be a lot better too. Um, she's got that form around Zoo Gotcha where she runs second in the Silver Shadow and that's stacked up to a T. 
So I guess, you know, notches for Blake and myself and hard to go past in secret too. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And there's just two more that uh, I will touch on. Sajardin and Natuno are the two sort of down the page that I've identified as runners that, you know, they follow similar form lines from Sydney as in secret. Uh, and Sajardin's obviously come out and won really nicely beating Sweet Ride at Mooney Valley last start. Um, and just with the queries down the straight track, I'd rather have something at a bigger price with similar form lines than take in secret at the short quote, not knowing whether she'll handle the straight track or not. That's just the way I looked at it. Um, obviously, in secret's just better than Sajardin and Natuno uh, in, based on a Sydney form, but whether she handles the drop back to 1,200 here down the straight uh, is to be seen. Beautiful. We're heading now to the feature race of the day at Flemington. They're all features, but this is the main attraction. Race seven, Victoria Derby, over the 2,500 metres, group one level, four to three-year-olds. Always love seeing a three-year-old stretch out in distance. It sort of, uh, what does it do? It it uh, separates the boys from the men. That's what it does. That's what it does. And we'll see who the real man is on Saturday. Sharp and smart, Berkeley Square, Victoria versus New South Wales, New Zealand versus Australia. Clash again, currently 350 Head the market with both uh with most mook, uh, bookmakers bookmakers hasn't got to work out but um also <laughs> Mr Maestro and Pericles bring in that different form uh Mr Maestro was Derby favourite for quite some time until Berkeley Square and Sharp and Smart somehow showed up out of nowhere after impressive wins last week how do you see this race panning out Blake there's uh some quality at the top of the market yeah correct and um looking back at past iterations of this race there's quality winners all through it. Hitotsu uh, jumps sort of off the page recently. And uh, before yeah, that, we had... Phenomenal. Yeah. That's a one race since. <laughs> Hitotsu? No, Johnny get angry. Didn't he win this race? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, don't. don't. Well, <laughs> isn't he the greatest winner of this race? Johnny. Oh, of course. Of course. Hands down. Hands down. But no, warnings Warnings gone on with it as well since winning, winning nicely. But typically, one horse does come out in this race and, and win quite decisively. Um, that's sort of been the trend with the Derby and obviously over 2,500, some handle it and some just absolutely don't. So um, be interesting to see, but I think for this race, you want you want a horse that's going to stay um, and you want a horse that looks like it's going to stay and isn't necessarily going to do too much work early. Uh, I think that's been a something that I highlighted looking at past iterations of the race. Most horses have, have had plenty of cover and uh, work their way into the race down the straight rather than sort of sitting up on speed and doing it the, doing the hard yards early. Um, Mr. Maestro is drawn gate 17 of 17, and it'll be really interesting to see what they do from that gate, but I suspect they won't push the button and go forward with him. Um, if they do, I might be a little bit less confident in him, but... You said, Jason, he was favourite for this race for a long time uh, and Sharp and Smart and Barkley Square have, have taken that off him now. But this horse has three wins from three on the board over 18, 18 and 2,000 metres. Um, Sharp and Smart obviously won in a very, very close finish over 2,000 metres at Ramwick. I'm I'm not trusting him coming to, coming to Flemington for this race, um, going the other way. And Barkley Square is coming off a very... Tough win uh, at Mooney Valley, but that was the first time stepping up from the mile after uh, another sort of tough run behind Golden Mile, elliptical 
So I'm leaning the way of the, the old favorite, and I think uh, he should be a little bit shorter in the market. Pericles as well is a horse I'm very, very interested in here. I'm not sure whether he'll handle stepping up to 2,500 after 2,000 from 1,400. That's uh, quite a few steps up in distance, big steps up in distance. But those are the two that I've looked at. I think Barclay Square and Sharp and Smart are good horses, uh, and they're both live chance in the race. I just think they're too short comparatively. So that's the way I've looked at it. Yeah, well, I had much the same to you. I honestly had Mr. Maestro an absolute moral for this race a fortnight ago. I just couldn't see how anything could beat him. And then out of nowhere, Berkeley Square, Barkley Square steps up to 2,000 metres, wins the vase, uh, beating home, um, who was it? It was Virtuous, Virtuous Circle and Virtuous Pericles. Circle and Pericles, yeah. so, um, Pericles travelled into the race like, oh, my Lord. I just, if, I just think Pericles is kind of just one prep too soon or they've just gone way too quickly up in distance, if that makes sense, because oh, he could be the best out of this whole lot natural talent-wise. Um, yep. I didn't think Barkley Square or Sharp and Smart could run 2,000 metres, let alone, or a strong 2,000, let alone 2,500 metres. And now I'm kind of scratching my head, especially with Sharp and Smart. Like he did it the tough way last week, three wide no cover the entire on a race where they went two and a half lengths faster than standard early. And he just kept coming and he might just be one of those horses. That's just the absolute winner. The trainer's already declared him. He's drawn low. J-Max on board. I just, I'm struggling to get past him. If Mr. Maestro drew one to eight or one to 10, I'd be inclined to be on him at the each way price. But as Blake said, where is he going to get to here? If he gets back to last, he's going to have to pretty much make up, you know, it's a big field. He's got to be probably what, five, six, seven lengths off Sharp and Smart and Berkeley Square if they go forward. It's a big ask. It's a big ask, but he's the, he's the horse that can do it. Um, but I am with Sharp and Smart. I just I just can't go past that winning form. And despite my gut feeling, thinking he wouldn't run 2,000 metres, he proved me completely wrong last week and he was phenomenal. So um, I guess the form line all sort of ties together. Sharp and Smart beat home Elliptical, Elliptical beat home Berkeley Square. I know it's not that simple, but um, I think that form line's being strong enough. So, any other mentions at, at at odds? It's a race that has thrown up a bit of a roughie, but I think it looks pretty straightforward this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree to some extent. Uh, I always like to find something at odds, though, and the one that I singled out was Fujita San. Um, the step up from from the mile in the guineas, I, I didn't think that guineas run just... It, I, I didn't think it went right for him whatsoever. Um, and obviously Hitotsu came out of the Guineas last year and seemingly wasn't what, the, you know, the run looked a bit better than Vegeta Sands did, but Hitotsu was nowhere near the finish uh, in the Guineas last time and came out and surprised here. So I think Vegeta Sand depends how he handles the, the step up in trip, but $23 to find out is uh, not too bad. I just want to make case quickly for Manzois. Waller's pinned this horse for a, for a derby, derby, and uh, he was a few weeks between runs there up to the six uh, 2,000 metres in spring champion, and he and he was taken back from a wide barrier, and um, he ran home okay, but he might just be one of those flat track horses that might just not be. He's, he's definitely a class below these, but he might run an okay race with Fujita Sand. All right, race eight, Mooney Valley, Empire Rose, uh, Mooney Valley, Flemington. Apologies. Empire Rose Stakes, 600 metres, Group 1 level. What do we got here? Who is in this race? The New Zealand horse heads the race currently. Not sure how to pronounce it. Do you know how to pronounce 
Lecreek, Lecreek. Yeah, I'd probably say, if I don't know. If I had to guess, I'd say Lecreek, but well, I'm sure none of the listeners know how to say it properly either, so we're not in too oh. much trouble. Well, judging by neither of us knowing how to pronounce it, I guess we're possibly opposing it here, Blake, as you look to move rooms, as I'll just keep them. Maybe I should sing a song or something now just to keep them. <laughs> I'm not too sure. No, no, I'm still here. I'm still here and tuning in. No, I, I think I think the creek can win the race, in all honesty. I think it will win the race. So well, there's, I don't know if you're – it mate. sounds like your opinion's a little bit different to mine. But Well, I've actually tipped on an earlier podcast that I did, um, and it was purely a process of elimination. Um, I didn't expect Hinge and Fangirl to show up here. Um, and then when they come out of the race, the race, there's some very talented mares in this race. And there is a three-year-old filly in the race that carries absolutely nothing, but it, it does sort of, there's no, I'm going to say there's no superstars. Like there's a few, you know, really, really top line mares, but she just brings that different form line. James McDonald on board. Her win was phenomenal in the Arrowfield over in New Zealand. It's just, you just have no idea who she beat. Um, but you know, she is a, a mare that got over distance last time. Um, but that's not concerning in my opinion, because I don't think she was um, great over that distance. I think her best performances so far have been over that 1600 to 2000 meters. So I think she's going to be hard enough to beat, but I want to make a case for an old friend of mine. And we mentioned her on the show last week because she was, she actually ended up SPing favorite in the invitation and that is ice bath. And, she, it was a really weird run last week because she was probably 10 lengths off the second um, second last horse. And I don't know what the hell happened there. I've watched a replay a couple of times, but it just purely looked like she couldn't keep up with the horse. But she's one of those horses where, in my opinion, I'm happy to be with her when she's at double digits on a wet track on a quick backup. And she mm. gets all those things here. She runs, was it second in this race last year or was that the Cantala? She runs second in the Cantala. Um, but she's obviously gone well around Flemington in the past. Craig Williams could pretty much win on a broomstick right now. He's right. <laughs> well, he's right on Berkeley square it was phenomenal. Like I thought, as we said, I thought Pericles was off and gone there at the 200 and he just mm. dug that horse out of the bloody grave. Um, <laughs> but oh, that has to be a good form race. That promise of success race. She's going well. Electric girl's going well. Nima Lee's going well. I know Ice Bife has to make up three lengths on Nima Lee. But we, you are getting getting almost double the price, and I think the wetter track is in her favour. So I'm going back there, Blake. I'm going back there. <laughs> I can't disagree with you. And uh, further back in the ice bath form lines, over the mile at Ramwick, second by less than a length to Animo, just looks better and better every single week, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. No, nah, she's a phenomenal mare ice bath. I just think... I think this week's the week. I, it kind of looks like the way they prepped her up is they prepped her for this race. Like they, they pretty much she had like a four week break up until the invitation, and then she's on the quick backup this week. It's worked before. I can't see why it can't work again. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, the 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 way I saw the race was, um, to be honest, I I I thought it was a pretty winnable race for for the favorite uh, over from New Zealand. Third to Dark Destroyer. Uh, two starts ago was it was a pretty unlucky third um, and then the win last start in the group one my goodness like four lengths she just absolutely wiped the floor with that field so coming over here is always a bit of an unknown but um, I think provided J-Mac gives her a decent run um, and nothing sort of goes majorly against her in the run I think she's going to win 
um, at $2.50. But like I said, for the last race, I like to look down the page a little bit. Um, I think she's lickety split at 49 kilos is is pretty well in the race, but she's she's been found a bit as well at 750. Way further down the page for me, number four, Kiku, I think is just way overs here. Um, I've always tied Promise of Success and Kiku pretty much together at the hip. Um, they've run plenty of races together. They've run the Quinella multiple times uh, in the same races. I have them pinned as pretty much identical horses in that sense. Um, they're, they're almost just as capable as each other. Kiku won pretty impressively at a big price first up at Rose Hill on a drier track. And then just never really got into the race, was sort of way back from a wide gate uh, last time over the mile at Ramwick. But whether or not it was it was a it was a case of she didn't she had a wide gate and had to get back in the race, she just didn't pan out right for her, or she was bouncing after that first up run, which can happen. Um, you know, we'll never know, but I think she can definitely bounce back here. And I think if she ran finished closer in that in that Epsom. I think she's just much, much shorter in this race. So if you forgive her for that, um, I think she's just massive overs there at 27 or almost $30. Lovely. That's our thoughts for Flemington. Now let's head to Rose Hill, Golden Eagle Day, huge day of racing, track conditions, weather and bias, weather 24 and fine, rails in the true position, tracks currently rated a soft six. However, we've, we've had some nice drying days here in Sydney. Um, going to experience a bit of rainfall tonight, apparently. But uh, hopefully we get to play on a nice firm deck come Saturday. Blake, how do you say his track plane? First week at Rose Hill for quite some time, which is sometimes concerning because it can be a bit of a leap mm. paradise, possibly. Yeah, and the weather's, the weather's looking good, which is a good thing because we're both planning on going on Saturday. Um, yeah, great thing. If you're listening and you're planning on going to Rose Hill, look out for us because we'll be uh we'll be up and about. But the one thing that's almost a negative with the weather being so good and like you said, having not much racing uh on at Rose Hill for some time is the track might be in almost too good nick, um, which can be concerning. So I mean, we'll wait and see, um, uh, watch and assess. But I think it's likely. That, that there'll be some sort of bias towards up and in. Yes. Well, I think that's always the, the typical biases Blake and I have discussed for seasons on seasons on this episode. Uh, but uh, I think we saw even yesterday at Kensington, it was the first time there was races there for a while. And the first couple of races, they couldn't make any ground whatsoever. And then eventually it panned out and Julian Rock runs second at big odds. Uh, anyway, race seven, <laughs> Nature Strip Stakes. I just couldn't tip a winner yesterday, but Blake could tip every fucking thing. Uh, but Anyway, it was it was a tough, tough day, learning day. Blake, had be rich if you followed both of us. You'd have a lot of quinellas. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. You had your first greyhound run last night. How was the thrill? Up and down. Oh Jeez. yeah, that one didn't run the bloody quinella. No, he uh he took a small he took a smaller gap at the start, and I was surprised there. And then he didn't take the, the needs of Flemington straight, mate. He running up backsides the whole way. Correct. <laughs> his, his legs were dangling around all over the place. Couldn't believe it. He, he took a small gap at the start. Like there wasn't even a run there and he took it and mm. he got to the perfect spot. And I was thinking, yeah. shoot, this thing's home and mm. uh, didn't take the big gap. So uh, Yeah, he's done well, Zipping Hansel. Throw him in the black book. He's he's, he's going to go good. Oh, uh, if he draws a low box next week, oh, like he's, he's, he's got his 
So yeah. much went went against him. The, the seven even crashed right on top of him. Boxes right. open, seven crashed straight on top of him. He was way back and then shot up the rail and just ran into the backside of the leader. So, yeah, no, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. But yeah. back to more important things. <laughs> and that is the Nature Strip Stakes, the greatest sprinter to ever don our turf. <laughs> I don't think people like that one. But 1,300 metres. This race is named after the previous Everest winner. So this will be called the Giga Kick Stakes in 2023. But if, there's a fun fact for you. And I'm not talking about the Bjorn Baker train galloper. Oh, that's a great joke, isn't it? Uh, anyway, favorite in this race, Lost and Running, <laughs> sponsored by the Tab by looking at RaceNet. The Tab logo is still on his bloody silks. They're so pissed off they didn't get him into the bloody Everest, so they're still stuck with him. But um, he's still 60 with the Tab, funnily enough. Um, and H. Bowman takes the ride. He looks very hard to beat in this race. How do you see this race panning out? Uh, yeah, well, there's a there's a little bit of pace on here, but I think I'm just so used to seeing races with ridiculous amounts of speed. You know, these, these sprint races in Sydney, just with ridiculous amounts of speed, that this one looks like it doesn't have that much, to be honest. Um, apart from Eduardo, who will definitely be up there, and Riadini, who likes to either lead or take leaders back. Um, there's you know, The rest of them sort of would be happy to just settle behind the leader rather than lead themselves. So I think this will be a fairly tame, tamely run race. Have to agree with you, Blake. That looks to be a lack of tempo. Don't need to really reiterate what you've just said. I am with the favourite here, Lost and Running. I believe he looks to be one of the best bets of the entire program at Rose Hill. I thought he was phenomenal in the Premier Stakes where he, he really let them how do i say this he just ripped away from them and just probably knocked up in that that final 50 to 100 meters and and the margin was probably a bit flattering towards marzu in my opinion which might be a bit harsh on marzu and I'm not sure if blake's got to go and team marzu but um huh. I, I thought that that margin could have been a lot bigger mm. if the conditions were in his favor and he gets a drying track which he will is like a benefit to him whereas marzu probably a negative um, H. Bowman on board can go forward, probably box seats here. Has won over the 1400 meters in the past, has won over the 13. Uh, sorry, won the hunt over the 13. Runs second in this race to Eduardo from barrier 14. Now gets in the five. Um, I think it'd be very hard to beat. I, I thought he's going to go very close in the Everest this year. And if he's yeah. and the Everest winner has, how do I say this? The Everest has provided the winner to this race every single year since its acceptance in 2017 from memory. So mm. there's another little fun fact for you. So lost and running for me, very confident. Yeah, I, I, I'm exactly the same. Ditto to everything you just said. Um, I remember Mars Crusader coming out of the Everest and we were just head over heels in love with the horse for this <laughs> race. Like, couldn't <laughs> believe it. Don't talk about but, it. Um, uh, yeah, no, like I said, you've hit the nail on the head, lost and running 1300, drawn well, um, not much pace on, but it'll sit handy. It'll probably get first crack in the straight provided Huey doesn't try and pull some magic tricks, uh, pull some rabbits out of the hat, but same agree with what you said with Mazu. I think lost and running is plain and simple, the better horse. Um, and Mazu did get close around 30 in the Everest, but Lost and Running was the clear second horse for me in the Everest. Like, I think if Lost and Running was in that race as well, having settled off the speed, he probably would have gone close to winning it, given the fact that Nature Strip knocked up doing a little bit more work. Um, Lost and Running was the horse that I said, you know, if if something 
if they go too hard and something's just camping in behind them, it'll be this horse. And it was just unfortunate he didn't get into the race. But I think he can, uh, you know, return a little bit here uh, by winning this race. And I will say as well, like I said, he's better than Marzu. You look down the page uh, by market order. Private Eye is just way too short from Barrier 12, staying over the uh, the shorter trips. He's he's gotten up to fourteen hundred before, and I think uh, that's what he'll need, and he will need a better draw. He's going to work too hard from there, especially at Rose Hill. Um, Eduardo, I just don't know where he's at. Mask Crusader is a decent price, uh, and probably the next pick for mine um, in terms of market order. So I'm yeah, I'm heavily in the favor of Lost and Running, and Mask Crusader probably be my second pick. Very confident, Blake and myself, Lost and Running. Expect to see him prove very hard to beat. Last race we'll cover now is race eight, Golden Eagle, $10 million, PVL special, completely takes all the gloss and glory off the biggest day of racing at Flemington. And look who's here. Look who's rocked up. Peter Moody, Jamie Carr, Luke Nolan, Peter Moody, just pretty much taking all the Victorians and bringing them to Sydney. And then we've also got a few uh, international runners by the name of Light Infantry of Jamie Spencer on board and Wellwall with Frankie Dettori on board. Could you not get two worse jockeys on board these horses? Seriously. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm more excited to see Frankie in the flesh on Saturday than anything else. Frankus. Racing royalty. Josh Franks. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin Vittori. All right. Franklin Dettori. All right. We got... Um, Speed map to go through. Light Infantry is the current favourite. Chain of Lightning brings a phenomenal record to this race. Seven starts, six wins, a third. Surprise Zapatea is on this race, considers the only horse's beat Chain of Lightning, but uh, three-year-old. Three-year-old, not going to make it. But uh, there's a three-year-old in Light Infantry in the race. Don't know how that worked out, but uh, not one that I'm going to kick up a fuss about. Uh, Blake, speed map and who wins? Well, I'll start with the speed map and I'll throw it back to you uh, for who wins. But in the Congo is drawn pretty well. So is Overpass. So I suspect they'll kick up and try and hold a posse early. Um, out wider, there are a couple that like to roll forward. Um, from the wider skates, Mr. Mozart, uh, hinged potentially. But they've, you know, they've been sort of toss of the coin whether they go forward or back with that horse a couple of times. Military expert will definitely be going forward. So will Lightsaber, provided it jumps well. Uh, Lady of Honor is another. So there's there's definitely no lack of speed in this race, especially since a lot of those are drawn wide. Yes. I am with I Wish I Win in this race. I think uh, the Victorians could come here and steal the money once again. They did so with I'm Thunderstruck last year and Hubert Bowman getting the win. Um, I thought Anyone could have saw the the win first up in handicap company against gentleman Roy and open minded. It was phenomenal. Um, clearly had a big motor off off that win and backed it up in the Testero, uh, Testerosa um, or Rossa, however you like to pronounce it, at Sandown. Huge win off the canvas at list uh, canvas at listed level. In the two rack last time out, only run fifth and was well beaten by Tuvalu Law of Indices and military expert and has to turn the tables on that galloper there, but. It, it did SP really, really short price favorite. She was 20. First time in group one companies. Happy to be, uh, sorry, first time Australia group one companies. Happy to be forgiving. Was a day where they didn't make up a ton of ground at Caulfield. And this horse made up enough ground. Obviously, Law of Indices went straight past it. But back to four-year-old company now has to be well suited. 
no disrespect towards light infantry. I just really don't know what to expect here. Obviously, his form overseas overseas is really good for him to be a short price favorite in this race. Uh, I just believe that horses over this distance don't necessarily have an edge on the Australian horses. And I'm not prepared to dive into $3.50 if I don't think that's the case. Um, all, obviously, there's always an exception to the rule, and he might be one. But um, happy to let him go around at $3.50. So I wish I win. If Falana had a drawn better, I'd be all over him because I think he's come back a really nice hentai. Um, and I think he can be one that we can follow deeper into a prep. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Um, light infantry wins this race hands down no questions asked apart from my query I have with him which is that he likes to do things wrong and I I mean I wouldn't be too concerned about it just purely based on how strong his form really is like it's it, it's really 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 strong form for this race, um, but because he's an international horse, and he's coming to Australia, and this is his first race in Australia, he won't be used to the Australian way of racing, which involves a lot more sort of stop start tactics and a lot less speed early and mid race compared to European races, which typically have a more sort of sustained racing pattern uh which you know it's more of a staying sort of type of a race whereas in australia it's more of a sit and sprint um there's obviously enough pace in this race to suggest they won't walk but um that won't change the fact that australian racing is typically like that and light infantry won't know what to sort of expect in this race um couple that with the fact that he's drawn low uh and is definitely going to get back he gets back in every single one of his races i've watched all these replays um there's no way and if they if they scrub him up and send him forward i don't think he wins if they send him back and he gets buried behind horses i think the chance or the risk that he over races and does things wrong or just doesn't get out is too high to take three dollars sixty yes i think straight track you know no bad luck, whatever, I think, yes, he wins. But I'm not taking $3.60 with all those queries, um, which leads me into Chain of Lightning. I think Chain of Lightning can settle better, can settle closer, and from gate two can get first crack in the straight. First time up, he's stepping up to, she's stepping up to 1,500 here. But I think from gate two, she's... she'll be able to do it. Um, she, she did it over the 1400 last time and that was a emphatic win. That was a, re- a really strong win. Um, and I expected her to do that. Like Jason said, her, her record overall is just incredible. She's had seven starts for six wins and a third placing. It's almost impeccable. Um, purely based on that. I think she's the one to be with in this race. She's drawn so well. Jamie Carr's come to Sydney, uh, for this and, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think she just gets first crack and will be the one that they that they have to beat. So, on that basis, I'm heavily in the corner of Chain of Lightning and um, I'm potting light infantry for the reasons I just mentioned. Further down the page, a couple I want to mention. Uh, uh, one in particular, Hope in Your Heart at forty one dollars. I think gets a decent run from gate ten, especially if a couple come out. Uh, Kiss Some is the fourth emergency, I believe, and is drawn gate one, and 
cardinal gem is an emergency as well. So I I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least one scratching. So, you know, hoping your heart might end up in gate nine, potentially gate eight, um, if those two both don't get runs. But from gate 10, I think hoping your heart can get a decent enough run. And, and if she gets some luck at like $51 or whatever she is, that's... um. That's a decent price to find out. You can definitely have a little bit on and, and not risk too much. So one at odds. Lovely, lovely, lovely. All right, let's get now into the group one strategies. And JC has, has really taken over this competition this year. It's the best year I've ever had in my life. Uh, Blake's, Blake's pretty much where I'm normally at. Actually, in pretty good. <laughs> actually, normally a lot worse than that by now. But uh. Minus 232 for Mr. Blake and plus 1,251. I just want to know what I'm going to spend that money on since I actually can make money this time. Uh, Kulmur Stud Stakes. Who are you siding with, my friend Blake? Well, main bet's Buenos Noches, so I'm going to have 30 each way, but I want to have a little bit on some roughies uh, or ones at bigger odds just to find out. 10 each way on Sajardin and 10 each way on Natuno. I'm having 50 win each uh, each in secret, and I'm having 25 each way on Buno not shares. I think they're the two in that race that can win. Derby for the Derby, I am splitting an each way bet 25 each way on Pericles, 25 each way Mr. Maestro. I'm having 50 to win on Sharp and Smart. Sorry, let me let me reiterate that. I have 75 to win on Sharp and Smart, and I have 25 to win on Mr. Maestro. Empire Rose. Empire Rose, I am having 100 the win on La Creek, I think, uh, you know, provided everything goes relatively to plan, that horse will win. I'm having 50 the win on La Creek, and I'm having 25 each way on Ice Bath. Golden Eagle. Golden Eagle, uh, I made a decent case there for Chain of Lightning, and I'm sticking by that, so I'm having 50 each way Chain of Lightning. I'm going to have 50 each way on I wish I win. And I certainly hope for that, my friend Blake. <laughs> best bets, best bets, best bets. BBs, mate. What's your BB? Um, BB. Well, BBs, not, BBs. Definitely, not a, definitely not a best bet. But race two, the Archer Stakes at Flemington. There's a horse going around at absolutely ridiculous odds. Um, Cricket score. My, just huge odds. Cricket score odds. Warning. $41, third outside of the field. Up to 2,500 metres, third up. Down to Flemington. Damien Oliver aboard. Third up record is pretty good. Track and distance records are pretty good. So, I, um, yeah, I smell something here. And I reckon Warning can run pretty well. I really do. Um, that's one at, at big odds. You got anything that you're very keen on, Jace? Just smelling Warning. Smells good. <laughs> Smells good, my friend. I like what you're cooking. Lost and running. We've already mentioned on this podcast. Just honestly, I just can't see him losing. How does he lose this race? The only way he loses this race is a Bowman slaughter. That's it. He's beat all these. <laughs> He's beat him with same weight. He's actually made some one kilo better off the weights. I don't know how that happened, but um, there's one that just slipped through straight through a radar. He beat Marzu last time. He's beaten Mars Crusader. Eduardo's felt like falling off planet earth. Like mm. if he doesn't get retired after this run, I don't know what will. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
250 is a 250, 260. That's a really good price, in my opinion. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise yep. me if he actually gets really heavily supported. And Blake and myself were at the 100 meter mark, just absolutely cheering home, lost and oh, running yeah. that bloody even money, bolting it. It should, it should be a dollar seventy with the cheer we're going to give him. <laughs> oh, oh, I just, yeah, these are great bet. All right. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I, I, I just final five, point five dollars, barrier 12, get back, Rose Hill, oh. Eduardo, fall off a cliff, Marzu, best performances on really wet tracks, and Mars Crusader, get. Get back horse who, yeah, he could be the one that just reigns on our parade. But lost and running, he's got to be in the top four. He has the best sprint of all these horses, and he's the best horse. All right. Yeah. Say no more. Mm, completely agree. I think, though, uh, I haven't done the Ramwick card front to back yet, uh, the Rose Hill card, sorry, front to back yet. So I can't say for certain how I feel about uh, the odds there, but at Flemington, excuse me, just... Value galore, absolute value galore, front to back of the card there. So I'd definitely be uh, keeping my eyes open for anything that's in your black book, uh, listeners, or anything that you're interested in at big odds because I d- it wouldn't surprise me at all to see pretty much double-figure winners all the way through the card, honestly. Um, most favorites are sort of towards the $4 mark. I think the shortest price runner is La Creek in the Empire Rose from my understanding but yeah most runners uh that are favorites are about four dollars or so so definitely be looking to play some value at flemington uh like i said warning in race two is one of those and there are plenty of others race three uh i was interested in current race four i think as time goes by the second favorites in there with a good chance but queen air is a big price race five the inferno's trialed really good and i uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him run well we've already touched on buenos notches who's not double figures but is a little bit of value in the cool more and uh, the list goes on. So keep your eyes peeled for the value. Lovely. All right, Blake, once again, thank you for joining me. Thank you listeners for tuning in. Best of luck. Huge have racing on Saturday, as we always say, gamble responsibly, but not too responsible because you want to take them for the lot. That's it. Rob them. Rob them. See you, mate.